Welcome to Shirley Unsure with my friend Meg Burke. She's a costume designer currently based here in LA with me. And it's so good to see your face. <laughs> it's so good to see your face. I'm so happy to be a part of this with you. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. How have you been so far? You know, I've been pretty good, actually. Um, it's been wonderful to uh, sleep. <laughs> and be home yeah. and uh, have free time. I haven't had that in a long time, but um, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. How are, how are you doing, Veda? I'm doing all right. Um, obviously, I started this thing because I think I was going a little crazy without having a creative outlet. So Yeah, like a direction to put all the energy in. Yeah, and mm -hmm. like we talked about this earlier this is take two of our our podcast yeah we had some technical i'm not a morning person <laughs> i.e meg not being a morning person i wasn't charming <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm trying to charm you um yeah so well we talked about it a little bit earlier in that like the idea of creating more than you consume and how that's mm -hmm. so big right now because we're consuming so much um so yeah I've been creating small things I guess like cook I've been cooking a lot and now starting this and I got really I got into drawing again which was nice mm -hmm. so yeah Same. we're living it's so funny I mean the first few weeks of like six weeks of quarantine I think I told you this I slept <laughs> Like, I don't think I've really caught up on sleep since before I went to our university. Yeah. Like, really thinking about it. <laughs> so, I, I, that was great. Um, and I was just, like, a lazy little potato for a while there. But um, I started um, journaling again, and then I, that led me to sketch and fill in the pages a little more of my um, notebook. And... Then that kind of helped me open up and direct my energy into um, some more paintings that I've been working on in a few songs. So it's been really nice to, like you were saying, consuming so much. It was so easy for me to just like watch a TV show all day long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like t let me take in someone else's story and um, relax. And there, I think we're all entitled to rest and we don't. Um, we feel guilty about resting so often, so I'm trying not yeah. to beat myself up for spending so much time um, snoozing and, like, you know, enjoying some TV shows and movies. But um, it's been at, better for my, ment my mental mind and for my body that I've been creating and yeah. not just consuming and staring at my phone or my television. I've watched an ungodly amount of tiktoks during all of this and i have I not Ooh. don't do it i'm so ashamed <laughs> i haven't opened that little whole like portal yet and i don't think i will because i'll get sucked in yeah don't do it it's not good i just i deleted my facebook for like three weeks and then was it someone was like Oh, it's on you. You were like, oh, it's on my Facebook. Check out the first episode <laughs> of this podcast. So I signed in today to listen to it. <laughs> like, I just can't turn my back on social media. You should have told me. I would have just sent it to you. <laughs> I don't, it just seemed easier not to bother you again. <laughs> so in another year, I'll like deactivate it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I did that. I got off Twitter for a little bit, and it was really oh, weird. I would but it was very I necessary. I love Twitter, Twitter so much. Twitter is 
where I can be myself on the internet because six people follow me. Yeah. And it's so nice. Like those six likes, like that's, I think that's like the most any tweet has gotten. Those mean more to me than like 100 whatever likes on Instagram. Yeah. For some reason, I value my Twitter so much more because it feels like my truest form. Yeah. None of it's true on social media, but it just makes me feel less alone. Yeah. But Twitter sucks me in. Yeah. Like, I can't get on Twitter before bed or else I'm there for an hour. Same. I I have not genuinely laughed at so many things on the internet than I have on Twitter. Like, just, there's Same. so many funny people that exist on Twitter. <laughs> so many funny opinions. Yeah. And then so many – the thing that – actually quarantine has gotten me doing on twitter i can't believe we're talking about twitter i know but here we are (laughs) here we are um is i'm reading like threads like i didn't ever do that before i would just read tweets that of the accounts i follow but now i'm like into reading threads and i love seeing like people clapping back at other people and like oh it's just so um fulfilling (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i twitter sometimes gives me hope for humanity yeah definitely yeah um so enough about twitter sponsor us if you want to twitter that'd be cool yeah um throw throw some support our way yeah (laughs) um so yeah so i mean this is just a super not to like make it weird but like this is (laughs) super Sorry, cash we're there. We're weird. oh we're yeah weird. no the moment this started and i it the moment i was like this is gonna be a thing i was like this is gonna be so weird and i hope that many of my colleagues will be able to look at me the same um who knows oh i hope they look at me differently <laughs> that's probably the <laughs> attitude i should have um you're you're doing it right your way <laughs> um yeah, so Meg and I met in undergrad. Uh, mm-hmm. We shared a workstation at at our college, um, and we decorated it with a lot of pictures of dogs. So many inspirational <laughs> sweet faces surrounding us and just cheering us on. Honestly, it was you like... You know, those, those yeah. puppy pictures cheered us through. <laughs> and you, would, you always... Um, something that happens in, like, in costume, in costuming, I don't want to just say costume design, because that's, you know, only one little part of it, but there's a lot of bad chemicals, (laughs) and what we really learned about our reproductive health, and working with dyes, and different sprays, and, like, how to protect yourself so you don't get square babies, and that was something that was kind of ingrained in everyone in my class, and you drew the perfect little drawing of a baby the square a, head baby like a square head baby and i think you named him liam which is probably what i would name a son if i were to have a son and it just brought me every, like i love your doodles dude they bring me so much joy and also veda drew a picture of me for valentine's day or a birthday or something yeah. for card and then i took that photo that she drew of me and put it on the business card I'm too scared to hand out to anybody dude which is like the biggest honor I had a friend one of my only friends still from high school texted me today and was like look I'm hanging up one of your originals he printed because I sent him the digital file yeah and he he got it sent out to an actual print shop and had it framed and it's like hanging in his apartment now and I'm like that's it. I can quit everything. Like, I did I it. Have, I have, like, <laughs> tears forming in my eyes. I, like, cried. I really did shed a tear. I was like, wow. I was like, that's I cool. have so many feelings during this time. That is such a beautiful... That's so beautiful. Yeah. Shout out to Brett. <laughs> Brett, that is, like, the highest honor you could give an artist. My, my friends, um, May and Tyler, live in San Francisco, and they asked me to paint them a painting. And um, they just wanted something calm. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, what is calm to me and Tyler? Like, I love these people, right? Mm. And bringing that painting to them and hanging it up. And, like, I did some, um, 
I painted a little bit in their apartment because, like, the light was different than mine, and I wanted, you know, mm -hmm. to get the color right or whatever. But um, it's such a nice feeling when someone is looking at your art every day. Yeah, that's wild. It feels <laughs> so – it's so I, – I don't even know. It's so nice to know that somebody – it brings someone joy. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's also, like, isn't that the goal? Like, because – Oh, definitely. You created something for them from your perspective, and then mm -hmm. they're going to interpret it completely differently or similarly that, from their perspective. And it was, it was such a similar feeling to when, like, do you remember the feeling of the very first show you designed, sitting and seeing it with an audience? Yeah, I was so nervous. And the feeling you had? <laughs> oh. But then didn't you feel just so, like, electric? Yeah. What were your feelings? I don't remember. I just remember because the, well, no, it was really cool. Just like watching. It was cool, dude. Yeah. You remember. It's in there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to meditate on that feeling because it's going to come back to you because I remember seeing my costumes. Like, it's one thing to see them in tech and you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, something that was in my brain put on paper and you put it on so many different kinds of paper in different ways like you do renderings and then line drawing don't I don't even maybe I don't know how lighting design works yeah you do renderings in your own ways but yeah oftentimes at least the way we ta were taught it was like create a mood board create some some sort yeah. of artistic rendering to the best of your ability it wasn't super like ingrained in us to do renderings it was just highly encouraged I think yeah yeah it's so wild to see something from your head come out onto stage and then I it, the show I did was um a theater for young audiences so then I had like children giggling in the audience at like you know anything that happened in the play it brought me so much it was like a drug it brought me joy and excitement and it was wild it was like, oh, you you can't, you can do it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> of course, like, now with a little more experience, there's things I would have changed about the design, but that feeling of seeing something you put on paper in life is just, keeps me going, I think. Yeah. So how did you get into costuming? When did that start? Um, so I... It was a winding road. <laughs> I I did theater in high school, and I was pretty much that and music were the um, and choir singing were the only things I really cared about. Um, so I didn't. What am I saying? Um, it happened in high school, I guess. I realized that when I would go on an audition, I was so much more concerned about what my outfit was then, like, is my monologue good? <laughs> you know, like, am I evoking the correct emotion yeah. for these words? And that should have been a sign that maybe I was not meant to be an actress. <laughs> um, but also some, like, traumatic things happened in my life that kind of changed the course of who I became as a woman. And so um, I had a voice teacher who also taught Lee Pace who's an actor mm. and so she has had she she had been around Houston for a while where I grew up and she'd seen a lot of people come through so she could like size up who you were and um, she was like I just you come in every week with an interesting outfit and at our last voice lesson together she gave me this costume history book and she's like I think you should would really enjoy this mm -hmm. um, and then I went to Germany to learn German and uh, have a gap year and kind of walked away from theater and then I moved back to Austin and um, or back to Texas and moved to Austin and decided that I needed to like go to community college which I highly recommend if you're somebody who wants to go to college and you're not sure what you want to do community college is such a good way to go mm -hmm. it gives you so much time to really understand what you want to do and what you want to learn and I was studying anthropology and German and it was so much so much writing so many 
reading assignments. I wasn't doing anything with my hands. I was like, why do I want to like make things? This is, it was like publish or perish, you know? Mm -hmm. So I didn't like that pressure. And I had been, because it was community college, I had quite a lot of time, right? It was like four classes a week or something ridiculously simple like that. And, um, I didn't know it at the time, though, how easy I had it. <laughs> no. Dude. No, no, no. <laughs> I, had, I thought I was, like, at my limit, which is hilarious looking back. I was 19 and knew nothing. And But I would go to the movies every week, and I saw Tree of Life by Terrence Malick. And um, Angelica West was the costume designer for that film. And, like... I just kept, and I think I had seen maybe Water for Elephants before that. So I had like, I always religiously go on IMDb and I'm like, who did what on this film? And her costumes stood out so much in Tree of Life to me. And they spoke so much about the characters. It was, it was like an apple fell on my head. And I was like, let me go find that book that Miss Peterson gave me. Yeah. And I put two and two together. <laughs> And suddenly I was like, oh, I should be a costume designer. Like, <laughs> I miss theater desperately. And I love culture, but I need to um, not write write books my whole life, I yeah. think. That wasn't for me. So um, I found it through a lot of little steps. And it had actually been present in my life because I was always like a dress-up kid. Mm-hmm. Um and I collected vintage at like age 11. So I, who does that? You know, like yeah. where was, I, what, why was I interested in old things? But cool kids that, club. Whoa. No, I don't, it was not cool at the time. Beta, let me tell you, I was <laughs> not a cool kid. <laughs> it might sound okay now, but it was not cool in like 2002. Um, so yeah, it was just a slow moving wave that kind of collected these little bits and brought them to shore that I should maybe be a costume designer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you made the transition from theater to film a few years ago, right? I did. I was working after graduation. I went to Ohio um, and did a Oh, summer stock there for a light opera company. And I was a assistant designer in their uh, craftsperson, mostly doing millinery. And it was very like quick and dirty, like hot glue gun, which is a big no-no in costuming. Um, and that's just the way it had to be done because we had so little time, not a lot of labor and, um, I like was doing the math about how much I was getting paid and it was like 52 or 54 cents an hour. And people are always like, don't do the math when you're in theater. Like you're not going to want to know, but it is so important to know what you're making and what you're worth because the money is there. And I wish I could have made a living at theater, but I realized that summer it was not, I couldn't do it. Not for the way I operate. I couldn't, um, I just knew I wouldn't be successful at it, I think. And mm. I had always, I went to DePaul wanting to do costume design for film. Mm. So it was the best program I found for um, a BFA that allowed you to have practical learning. But there wasn't like a film program for costume design specifically for an undergrad um, program in the States. So that's why I chose a theater school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh what would you say are the biggest differences between theater and film? One takes place on a stage in front of people. And so you have to worry about um not overpowering the overall scene with your costumes, and that's kind of the same in film, but you also have to know where your character is and where their staging is and how the costumes have to make the actor's job easier. Um, and in film, you get, you know, to have three of the same costume if you're, if there's a action sequence. Mm -hmm. And in stage, you have to figure out how one garment 
can survive a run of a show. And so things are made a little bit differently. And also that in theater, everyone is equal at the level of collaborating on what the world will look like. Mm -hmm. And in film, it's mostly the director production designer Mm -hmm. and cinematographer that decide what that world looks like Mm -hmm. and I just wish that there was more collaboration amongst all the departments in film and I I would love to make a movie one day that has that designs the film like it's a theater piece I am so excited (laughs) to see what um what a movie could be if we worked that way yeah and having everyone in the room. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what really, like, drove you? I know I asked you what, what made you want to do costuming, but you have so much more of a more broad artistic background, too. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what, what made you want to be an artist? Or what made you really want to dive into film? Like, why film? Well... It was also like I'm a, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm also like, how do I survive in the world? You know, I if I could, I would love to just be a lady of leisure who had a studio space that helped people with disabilities create art, and then I'd get to just paint all day with them and support young artists. Like that would be a dream for me, but. Um, I knew I had to make money. And so going into film, I knew I had a little bit more control over my path. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're, um, sometimes when you're freelancing as a theater artist, you don't always have so much control over what your next job is going to be and what the timeline looks like. And um, I think film just gave me a little bit more um, of a secure feeling. Mm -hmm. So I hate to say it, but unfortunately we live in a capitalist society and we have to figure out how to feed or house ourselves. So film offered that to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's not a fun answer, but it is the true answer. (laughs) And, uh, I can't remember what the other part of your question was. Oh, uh, yeah. How, how did you like get into art where you like, you woke up one day and you were like, I paint now or something. Oh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I wish it has been present. My parents were always told my sister and I, my sister's an opera singer. So they got really lucky with the two of us in the arts, but, um, It's their fault. (laughs) They, they, you know, they encouraged us to follow our dreams. And um, my mother always, she worked insane hours. Um, And she's a nurse. She was a nurse oncologist, but now she does palliative care, which is like helping people die. Mm. Um, So she's a saint. Um, But she, the free time she did have she took my sister and I to museums and taught us about art and took us to pottery classes like she was very I was very fortunate to grow up in a family that gave me so many opportunities to explore creatively creatively (laughs) and um I know a lot of people don't don't come from that and they have it's harder to find your creative voice when it's not given to you kind of at a young age and so luckily my path was kind of established for me by my mother and father um and my mom she like she would cut out my dad's old work shirts as smocks Mm -hmm. and that's when I remember feeling like an artist like I'm in my little artist costume but thinking back on it I still wear that shirt when I when I paint so that's awesome there's some there's some truth to costuming and because we all wear our costumes every day like you can say your style is your style but it's also your costume it's what you're presenting or hiding to the world and um yeah I think it 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 happened when I was younger that I really knew I liked creating and making things and I loved doing school projects where they like doing dioramas Mm -hmm. There weren't a lot of school projects in Texas. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of, like, worksheets. So it was so nice anytime we got to do a school project, and that's when I always got a good grade because um, I have a processing disorder, so school wasn't always – it never came easy to me. Um, but I loved learning, and I think if you can – if you understand 
how you learn, you can teach yourself anything. And um, that has nothing to do with why I became an artist, but it's where I ended up in the sentence. <laughs> nah, that's huge, though. That's that's, yeah. that's huge. I think what you're saying of like, as like being self-aware is one of the most beneficial things that you can do for yourself. Like it's a form Absolutely. of self-care that I feel like no one discusses because it's really hard to put into words of like hey maybe you should think about how you feel when you get angry or like why do you get angry yeah and what does that feel like in your body like where is it manifesting and what does that mean yeah because it's a mm-hmm. little more like like feelings you know oh. but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems so silly being like I am an artist yeah I some days I don't feel like it. Some years I don't feel like it. Like, it can be that dark sometimes. But what I have noticed amongst my artistic friends and my creative friends is that it is very hard being an artist. Yeah. It is not an easy path. But if you're just, like, persistent and keep growing and keep, like, finding ways to keep yourself inspired, it is the most enriching life. Yeah. But I think one of the best parts about being an artist is that everyone is an artist, whether Mm -hmm. they want to admit it to themselves or not. Like, and I think that that's why Marcel Duchamp and Andy Warhol are like some of my favorites because they push the idea of conceptual art and defining what it is, right? the mm-hmm. fountain piece that Duchamp created, which is the urinal piece that he put upside down and wrote a different name under if, if you're not familiar with it. Um, Google. <laughs> Google. He's great. And it's a great piece. And the story is really great. Um, but the whole point is that everyone is an artist, right? You can turn anything into art as long as you assign the meaning to it. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's extremely important. And it goes back to creating, creating more than you consume. We're all creating in our own ways right now. You know, baking is a form of creating, cooking a meal is a form of creating, just like the way you organize your pantry is a form of creating, like that's an art form within itself, right? Oh, yeah, it's very unorganized. I'm organized in my special way, but as an unorganized person to the rest of the world, that is an art form. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, art is everywhere. And, you know, life is short and art is long. So it's nice to spend your life creating art, I think, and observing the world and reflecting on the world around you and, and the world within yourself. Yeah, And that's kind of something that I've been doing during quarantine after my big sleep. Um, (laughs) I came out of it and I was like, oh, I I can, you know, I can really think about all the things I haven't gotten to think about and deal with them and um, put them on canvas and put them in a song. And it's been, it's been like I'm rediscovering a new part of me, which, you know, you always think I'm, I'm 29 years old. So I think I'm, you know, I am who I am, but if that's not your, always, you should always be working on yourself and developing yourself and you can always change. Totally. There's like a fat, there's like a study. I was just talking to someone about this, that when you're the age that you're set in your ways, quote unquote, is like mm-hmm. 40 so oh my god that's so funny yeah you have up until like 40 years old to really create habits for yourself so yeah I thought I heard something that if you're a fool at 40 you're a fool for life yeah and it's and yeah yeah I mean I'm not 40 so I don't know but I am going through my uh first Saturn return in life and that has brought on like what it's brought on so many things that I have been avoiding for the last 10 years, mostly, um, that I haven't dealt with. And it's been so nice to have time to 
reflect on myself and get my shit in order so I can lead a better life in the next decade. Yeah. Hopefully I live through the next decade. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. It could be tomorrow. (sighs) That's true. Oh, my God. Um... So there's a little bit of um what's that what's the word? What's the phrase? Um everyone gets their little dose of mortality this episode oh, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always kind of haunting me. I a lot of my work has like like death in it and I don't know why I am circling around that. Um cuz it's not something I even I haven't experienced great death in my life. Like I have had grandparents pass that were important to me and I had a friend die young, but um, I'm just like, why is that looming there? So I'm trying to figure out why that is entering my dreams and why it's been present in my work, like from 2016 till now. Yeah. And in my work, I mean, like, in my sketchbook, you know, or in my (laughs) little painting I did in my room, you know, it's not big. I'm still in the beginning of my career, um, so I'm not, like, some great costume designer yet. Yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What would you say are some of your biggest influences? They change. Um, I think... My sister is one of my biggest influences because she, the way she talks about music in her life makes me wish I had gone into music, one, but it lets me know how important, she really has taught me how important it is to be an artist in life, and if you're not, even if, you know, you can have, like, you can be an accountant, but I think it's so important if you're, like, doing accounting or working with money or working in a company, like some something, especially if you're an American and you are deep into capitalism, I think it's so important to have some sort of hobby that is a creative outlet because that helps you reflect on what your impact is. And it kind of helps you, even if you're just going to the opera or going to plays every other month or so, um, it's so important to keep looking and being around art in whatever your career is because it helps you stay grounded to what's going on in the world. Because yeah. so often we all get in our bubbles and it's hard as an artist to keep popping your bubble and stepping out of it and looking around, you know? Yeah. So Molly Burke, I, I hope she's okay with me saying her name, but <laughs> she's, the most beautiful singer even though she's my sister but trust me on it um I've also like this past year um have been inspired by uh Connie Converse who was a folk singer who kind of disappeared um her music has been really inspiring to me as long like Miriam McKembe has also been a great musical artist um uh Dolly Parton has been around in my life as I think she has been in so many people's lives, but she is a force to be reckoned with. And I feel like she has really inspired me to just be okay with being who I am and presenting myself the way I am. Yeah. And, um, you know, here I am, baby, you know, take, take it or leave it. So that like, she's instilled that in me. Um, and then Rita Ackerman, um, this past year, I've been a, a big admirer of her work. Um, she, her art makes me feel like it's okay. Like, what I'm doing is okay. It's so colorful and vibrant, and um, she does. She also does, like, chalkboard art, where yeah. she only paints with, like, chalk dust, and not even paints, just, like, works with chalk and chalk dust and um she's kind of helped me step out of my mind and open up my box a little bit because when you're I probably in 2017 I started painting with um because I'm starting out in the film industry I have to keep a creative outlet because working as an assistant is not the most fulfilling job um I get to observe some really wonderful people work and I have a phenomenal boss that really looks out for me and takes me seriously, which is so rare. Um, 
so I do have to like find things outside of costuming that inspire me because I'm not quite in the point of my career yet where costuming is inspiring me right now because I don't have time to do you know a storefront theater show or anything like Mm -hmm. that time is the most precious thing but um yeah Rita Ackerman is such a phenomenal artist and then when Getche Mutu who I um started you know yeah my love for her yeah she's a Kenyan American collage artist and she made me comfortable in my body yeah which is I think such a huge thing for another person to do yeah like no one can really give you that gift but yourself and her work made me feel comfortable with living as a woman and she also Whoa. helped inspire my work in collage and working with mixed media and not and being fearless on the page. Like, you know, you don't have to have the best tools. You don't have to have the most expensive paint to make something great. Yeah. You can use the things around you. So I, I don't know if that's what her intention was, but that's what I got from um, looking at her art. And she's... She's the artist I think I go to the most when I'm feeling in a rut or in a in a in a trap. Besides, like listening to music, I I look I look at what she's been up to lately or a video that she made, and um, I I love that woman, and I don't even know her. <laughs> yeah, I saw one of her pieces at um, MCA Chicago once, and mm-hmm. it was really overwhelming like emotionally overwhelming it's strong and maybe it's because like I always connect her with you because you found her when we were in college like together so I I remember first year like 2013 I think yeah shit (laughs) yeah she's been around you know like she I mean I made collages in high school but you know, not with any, um, you know, direction or idea of what um, composition means, like silly things. Mm-hmm. But she like busted the bottle open of what you can do with paper and glue. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. I love adhesives. <laughs> 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 There's so many special adhesives. <laughs> Yeah, adhesives, I never really got into those. I don't know why. I'm more of just like a marker person, though. Yeah, well, I'm just like, what glue does what? Like, I have this plastic thing on this other plastic thing. What glue should I choose? Yeah. I don't know why that is so fun for me, but it is. Cool. Yeah, you were you made so many beautiful marker pieces in art. I do. Uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I love my markers. They're unfortunately... Yo pretty the gradient right now <laughs> <laughs> i feel like can't you just inject um some alcohol into them yeah you can refill them with um just regular uh iso alcohol like over-the-counter alcohol um but it dilutes the inks a little bit and they're they're pretty old now so yeah um, i think my my copics have lasted longer than my prismacolors yeah mm. which kind of sucks though because i think the prismacolor french gray set is better oh. than the copic gray sets i do too and they're cheaper and i like i like <laughs> i like the um chisel tip on prisma better but i like the copic brush tip better yes and i will say copic also, like, so sorry for everyone who doesn't care about um, markers. But markers? Too bad. <laughs> You're going to get our opinions if you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like... I don't actually talk that way, but sometimes I guess I do. Um, you got to let the sass out every once in a while, you know. Yeah. I'm a very naturally sassy person, which is terrible. What I love about you. I know, but, like, I don't realize that I am the way that I am <laughs> until, like... <laughs> I didn't realize it. Until my foot is already in my mouth and I've hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. They never say it, but I can see it in their eyes. Oh, I hate, I hate when I'm like, did that not land well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I didn't. Oh, to be human. Dude, I didn't realize it until like, um, I think our like, our first year or something, I was emmying a show at the Reskin and 
I had said something to the designer who was a fourth year and he was just like, oh, sassy, are we? Like, and I was like, oh my God, I didn't oh, realize was he a, it. He was a man though, right? Yeah, but like, well, this... not to make it about that. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back to Copics, um, I think that they're better <laughs> in color. I ha Cause I have a Prismacolor, mm -hmm. like a full set of Prismacolor colors. And they're just like, overly saturated don't you feel like they're clowny sometimes definitely like yeah. and it sucks because then it feels like you're using your colorless blender to like pull pigment out and then you're like that's not the point of this colorless blender like i'm trying to blend but it yeah. feels like the gradients in colors that copic has is like are so subtle and soft and so beautiful oh yeah give everyone there a high five because you guys are doing it right seriously the colors they're pricing though it's a little too ouch uh, yeah no i don't have a full set of copic markers no don't. i buy those babies one by one which i know over time is probably not the way to go but no but they I... also are really good about maintenance i think because they yeah. sell their alcohol um in like large quantities i think mm -hmm. so you can read markers if you are thinking of buying a set of markers, Copic also does refillable ink for their colors too, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's a little bit better for the planet because unfortunately we do create a lot of trash. At least in film, there's a lot of trash that goes on. Yeah. And I, fe I felt that in school too. I was like, Always, I feel like I was always throwing paper away. Dude, same. I have so many, like, art pieces that are just, like, sitting in a folder somewhere. And I'm like, honestly, I'm going to throw these away in the next five years, so. I, uh, I did a big clean out of all my old stuff, and it was hilarious and sweet to see where I started. And I kept <laughs> a few things just to remind myself, because I'm like, oh, I need to, like, not erase this part of my journey yeah um but there were some drawings that I was kind of interested in the paper and like I liked the colors so I did a light gesso over them and I planned to like reuse that paper again oh yeah or that That's canvas smart. again so I, I'll report back to you if that was a good idea or <laughs> didn't help and you should just recycle them <laughs> I love it oh my god yeah I love looking back at my old drawings because <sighs> I have always wanted to draw like I just always I don't know exactly when it started but I had always wanted to draw and I was so bad at drawing I was just so so, so bad. bad I was I, so was, I kind of still am bad like I'm still not good uh, no I'm by no means good you're I just, good though stop it. I just like have my own <laughs> style that I embrace and I'm like yeah. no it's like fine you guys like <laughs> yeah like this works. is how I draw you know it's not like I'm Picasso and I started out great and then developed my style yeah <laughs> like 60 years or however like, long this is work. it it's not developing not... this is it yeah this is <laughs> I did three years in school and now this is my style. Okay, so that was one of my favorite moments is like I got to school, I got we got to DePaul and I we had to take a drawing class our first year and I was like, I am gonna draw. Like I'm gonna uh, learn how to draw and I kinda learned how to draw and then <laughs> I just got really like I got really into it. Like I really loved doing it. Mm -hmm. And then I was drawing a lot like sophomore and junior year and then one day I don't know why my I was on the Metra or something and my dad picked me up because it was a summertime and um I love a Chicago summer. I showed him oh god I miss it so much um I was like look dad like look at this guy that I drew on the train like I like this is my page from the train blah 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 yeah. and he I remember him silently just like nodding his head and then laughing <laughs> and no. then like giving me nucks and I was like, what? And he's like, fuck, you can draw now. <laughs> oh, I didn't know which way that was going to go. <laughs> oh, I love that he memory. He was like, you can finally draw. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to you. 
Yeah, that was like junior year. Yeah, it was like sophomore, junior year. It was like a minute that you were trying to draw. It was just amazing. It was so funny. I'll never forget it because my brother is a very talented artist. He he taught himself how to draw from a very young age. Um, and he's so good and he'll never give himself enough credit for it. Um, but it was super funny because like, of course, my parents were kind of like naturally like, well, like, you know, Bubby's just like, or my, you know, my brother is just like a natural, better artist than I am. Than you, and then finally, the one in art school. And then finally, I like <laughs> caught up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll never be as talented as my sister, but I'll, I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, super funny. That, what a feeling. Yeah. It's, and I, I remember the sketch too. It was an old, old man that I drew he like fell asleep on the train or something oh my god I love drawing older people yeah what like faces get y'all do not inject yourself with stuff I mean do it if it makes you happy but your face is so beautiful when it wrinkles yeah I hope I have that same opinion and like when it happens to me but um that's my current opinion on wrinkles that they're gorgeous yeah like 15 years from now we're gonna be on the phone like oh my god I'm gonna be like recovering from my facelift (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's amazing um, but I also just wanted to quickly say, didn't just do, <laughs> just to bring it back, I didn't just join film because of the money. <laughs> like, it's, something, <laughs> it's something that I had wanted to do since I was a child. Um, I just wanted to make movies and tell stories. And um, film captured that, that, that film captured me at a young age. I watched a lot of TCM and Robert Osborne taught me so much. Rest in peace. He was such a wonderful guide to film. Him introducing introducing a movie is like when I think about his voice and the feeling I got when he was telling me the background of the film he was about to show, it gives me like little jitters and giggles. And yeah, um, yeah I'm. I just he helped me fall in love with film, and um, that was my chosen art form for storytelling. Yeah. Do you have a favorite film? I feel like that's a really unfair question to ask. I, I hate favorites. Yeah. Because I it's it changes so much, but What's I your think, current what's your current go to? Well my I, if I have to say my favorite film, I think it is The Fall. It's not a movie I watch a lot, but um it's a, a movie that impacted me a lot, and I I think I saw it twice in theaters, and both times I went with really special people, and that has kind of, like, stuck with me. Um, and also the costumes in that film are phenomenal, and the music is phenomenal. And um, funny enough, Lee Pace, the actor that my voice teacher taught years before me, is the lead actor in that movie so oh, i don't know what that means that's funny. but i read a funny, funny story about him and i think it was amy adams they were in a film together and she was mm-hmm. so distracted by how handsome he was oh he's handsome that she was asked to leave the set multiple times because she would just like <laughs> show up to like stare at lee Pace. <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen him in person but he is handsome he's a unit he's a beautiful yeah man. He's such a good actor, and I remember my voice teacher telling me she, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier before she gave me, like, the costume book and was like, kid, reevaluate what you're doing with your life, <laughs> um, but I, she was like, you know, you're not weird enough, because I think you have to be, like, a, such a special person to encompass so many, is that a word, so many different people in your heart and in your soul and in your brain when you're an actor, Yeah, and, um, like, she told me once, I guess I shouldn't talk about him because it's not a, someone I know, but she just had experience that maybe it wasn't in it for me. Like, yeah. there was, like, a light around me that was different than the light around him. But know? that's so cool, though, that she still supported you in the best way oh, that yeah. she knew how, which was, like, this book that definitely probably changed your life for a little bit if she didn't get like if she hadn't given me that book I don't know if I would have gone home after seeing tree of life and been like huh 
why did I love the costume so much? Like, because this woman had said, hey, you would love costuming and costume designing. I don't, I wouldn't have had, I don't know if I would have found it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a perfect little, like, Easter eggs that were left for me to find it. And I think what's so important is taking the time to allow the universe, I know how that sounds, but... (laughs) (laughs) allow yourself in the world to show you your path you know yeah Um, if you're just like getting out of high school you knew what you wanted to do like sometimes you know but um I certainly thought I did but I I I didn't and I'm I don't know it's okay to take time there's no timeline for life yeah I wouldn't say I knew what I wanted to do because I I originally started doing theater because I wanted to be a cinematographer and the only thing that my School the things my... you learn. I don't know how I didn't know that about you. I'm oh yeah, yeah. But I'm um, like shook. It's definitely still like a goal. Like I'm never gonna say it's not ever gonna happen because like yeah. life takes you on weird, weird paths, man. Um, oh, it does. You never know where you're gonna end up. <laughs> yeah, but and you yeah, can always pivot. I wanted to do cinematography when I was a kid um, because I also have a really big love for film because of my brother. Like, we would go to the movies every Friday. Oh, I love that ritual. Me, him, and his friend or his girlfriend at the time. For better or for worse, he dragged his little (laughs) sister along, so. (laughs) Oh, my my sister dragged me to concerts, like, with her friends. So, uh, siblings are so important. Like, take your sibling to wherever you and your friends are going. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so, I just had this really big love and appreciation for film and just the art form of it all and composition was like really big and I didn't even really know what that word meant mm-hmm. I guess but I had to write a picture or a picture a paper um on Alfred Hitchcock when I was a freshman in high school and I think I really fell in love with the art of film and how it was yeah. made and building a shot and building a story and Alfred Hitchcock for sure has so many issues with him with with the way he did film and oh man there's like terrorized all of his lead actresses i know nothing is black and white Um, people can be bad and good yeah but his art is fucking great it's hard to separate the two sucks to say sometimes because you're like wow tippy was like absolutely having a terrible time in her life during all of this but yeah there that should never have happened to her yeah um so yeah, I just feel I really fell in love with it, and I was like, I'm gonna be a cinematographer. And my high school um, didn't have any sort of like video, yeah, sort of same. VR thing because it's a high school. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> learn your math. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my English teacher. You won't have a calculator in the real world, dude. <laughs> like I have a phone in my pocket I'm in, now. I'm embarrassingly so bad at math that i just Same. don't even care anymore which whatever <laughs> right now <laughs> as long um, as you can balance your bank account you're okay yeah exactly as long as you're not spending more than you're bringing in like that's the fundamentals of anything if you can mm-hmm. budget yourself you're you're good yeah <laughs> start sooner rather than later yeah oh man i did a whole google google doc like spreadsheet yeah. that i found on reddit this year and i religiously update it it's great i have a little i have a little i should do it online but i have a little like ledger purple book that I write everything in that I should be and I just look at it before I want to make a purchase I'm like is this on the page (laughs) no (laughs) like the first year I feel like the first year I started making real money and like not real money because I barely make anything now but um I don't know what I did with it like I'm pretty sure I spent it all on what I don't know but same I didn't save it same I was so broke when I was living in Seattle and you were working so many jobs dude it was terrible I mean it wasn't terrible actually it was really great I am so appreciative of that time but it Mm -hmm. also really sucked because I was waking up at 4 a.m and then working at Starbucks where people literally threw shit at me 
And oh my god, didn't somebody throw hot coffee at you? It was a cold drink, thankfully. Oh, I remembered <laughs> it much more dramatic when you called me about it. Oh, dude, that was a terrible day. And then, and then I decided I was like having such a mental breakdown that day. I got fucking bangs. What a choice. Oh. <laughs> you guys, bangs are okay. Not when you get them after a day of getting a cold drink thrown yeah. at you and like walking I, around I the Seattle Center just sobbing to your mentor. I, I mean, I, I buzz cutted my hair one day after work, so I know what it's like. <laughs> I mean, I didn't went to a barber because I had learned better, but um. <laughs> oh, just wait a week, you know, yeah. see if you still want to do it. Yeah. My hair grows back. Oh, bangs. You got yourself bangs, babe. Yeah, we're here now, though. Um. Yeah. They're grown out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And now that you look back fondly on Seattle. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which, like, kind of sucks because I don't think I appreciated it as much as I should have while I was there. Mm -hmm. But I definitely love it. Um, And I consider it a home in so many ways. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. There are so many times I don't ever, I can't, it's really hard to be present when you're busy. Mm-hmm. Like when you're working a schedule like that, when you're working like 12 to 14 hours a day and sacrificing so much and not getting a lot back in return for your valuable time, mm-hmm. it's so hard to like enjoy life Yeah. and be present in it. Yeah. So I don't think no one should beat themselves up about that because I, I have... I, like, I could name four full years where I didn't enjoy life as much <laughs> no. as I could have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was just working, working, working and not making enough, like, connections and memories with human beings, so. But yeah. I, I got I got some good friends out of it like you. Yeah. I guess I have nothing to complain about, really. Yeah. Okay, so about um, when you were talking about cinematography, it's so interesting because that is also like the other big difference between film and theater, I think, is that, you know, the cinematographer is forcing the audience's perspective Mm -hmm. and like a director does that with staging and like that's why you have to be aware, like the designers have to be aware about what the story's, so no one's overpowering anybody else and that's the same for designers who design films, but like a cinematographer really is like this is what you need to be seeing this like they're giving you all the information in such a clean way I don't know that's just beautiful to me I wanted to say that which is why I think so my English teacher my freshman year English teacher Miss Ritter shout out was hi Miss Ritter (laughs) she was head of the drama club Mm -hmm. and I told her that I was interested and I don't remember how this conversation started but like because I I'm very believe it or not I'm very shy like when it comes to talking to new people which is why I come off as like really standoffish yes Um, I mean yeah it's so hard to talk to strangers which is funny because like everyone is like you can't be shy in this industry and like if I really need to ask someone a question like I fuck it like I have to ask yeah. a question I have to get an like answer. look at me now I am shy and I am in this industry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like just like starting a conversation is just like hard for me I've always been that way mm-hmm. I don't know what it is but whatever um but anyway like Miss Ritter and I got to talking and I told her about my interest in doing cinematography and she was like cool like you should come by and do crew for encore the drama club and you should Mm. do lighting like the td of of uh of of encore is is really into lighting and she like went to theater school and stuff and i was like okay cool i'll check it out oh miss ritter set you on your path didn't she it got so it gets better just you wait (laughs) i get i'm getting a little goosebumps (laughs) i i love teachers I met Miss Sadowski, mm-hmm. who I'm forever indebted to, um, because she went to the theater school, oh. and 
and she told me that is where I should apply and she helped me get my portfolio together and all the stuff wrote me an amazing letter of recommendation and it's legitimately the only school I applied to so oh my god that is bold theater school I applied to yeah yeah um but I got waitlisted and then I got accepted because someone decided not to go so whoever that person was thanks for not going yeah Thanks for going to UNCSA or wherever yeah, you want. Wherever. Um. <laughs> That's the school I almost went to, and then we wouldn't be having this conversation. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. Yeah, I was almost like a physical therapist at like Iowa. What university? University oh of gosh. Iowa. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um. I I like enjoy your. I like can see it though. Like you're so compassionate like you'd be a good physical yeah therapist yeah i think it's but i'm glad you met miss ritter dude (laughs) and she told she told you to go me too and i will say that i love i mean i fell in love with lighting while i was in high school i was like the first student lighting designer at my high school which was super Mm -hmm. cool um oh mm. and I, I love, I mean, my education at the theater school was also very fundamental and very important for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, Goes without saying. Absolutely. And I think, (laughs) I think. I'm like thankful to the theater school too. Yeah. (laughs) I think though, like while I was there, like, I think it all really hit me my junior year when I did Mm -hmm. Metamorphosis. Which is probably the best thing that I'll ever do as a lighting designer. So just I'm so sorry to everyone, but like I hit my peak when I was like a junior in college. Dude, I feel that about um, <laughs> I feel that about Joe Turner's coming gone. Dude, I'm like, that show is so good. How do you beat August Wilson like you know, I'm working for a wonderful producer and costume designer right now, but I'm a PA, really. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that was uh yeah yeah um but while I was there and while I was doing metamorphosis um I I guess it all kind of came full circle and I fully realized like the power that lighting really has Mm -hmm. and why I love theater more than I thought more than I think I would love working on film because I miss theater every single day. Absolutely. Um, I do too, which is hard <laughs> because budgets are tough. Are tough. I mean, yeah. I, something that I feel like such a sellout, but also I love film, so I can't, you know. The, I'll do theater again one day, I know. But yeah. Something that when you were talking that I remembered you saying in college that has kind of stuck with me is you're like, I'm going to butcher your wording, but you said light is how we see everything. Like, uh, if we didn't have light, we wouldn't see anything. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't have color, y'all. Like, light is, the way you talk about light is so passionate. And that, I just love passionate people. Yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to, like, say that one time you told me light is how we see everything and you were right (laughs) (laughs) costumes look better under lighting i'm just saying (laughs) which is why again i was like i think i love theater more than i would love working on film because compositions are constantly shifting Mm -hmm. and like it's exactly what you're saying like a, a dp cinematographer tells the audience where to look but it's it's framed like literally it's framed and you only see so much and I think that's Mm -hmm. why I really love theater and live events in general is because there is no frame it's anytime anywhere and you know as a lighting designer you get to say okay like don't look at that thing yet like you can kind of see it but don't look at it yet and then okay now you can look at it And, like, while you're looking at that thing, look at this other thing and see how they're interacting or not interacting. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, follow 
where the eye is supposed to be in the in the story on stage. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's rad. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like hijack your. <laughs> no, your I mean we bit. should be talking about light, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's overrated, but I love talking to you. I really do. <laughs> I love talking with you too, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Yeah. Do you have any parting words? Oh, um, like advice or just like a goodbye? Just like advice or a goodbye. Never give up. The only way you won't be an artist if, if, is if you stop. Yeah. And I'm unsure of everything I do. <laughs> um, and I don't always know what I'm doing. But um, I was, I've been told no a lot throughout my young life and my career and like saying that I don't fit in or I'm not you know talented enough or whatever but um I keep growing and I keep getting better and um if anyone has you know if you have a learning disability or processing disorder or anything like don't let anyone tell you you can't do something because there's a special path out there and you are worthy so Awesome. That's what I want to tell people if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Meg. It was so good to have yeah. you. I love you. I appreciate you. I love you so much, Beta. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah.